Hello, everyone. Welcome to the first ever Greenwood and Mulliner show. We thought we'll get the two best brains of the channel, the Newcastle Fans TV, in Sam Mulliner and myself, Johnny Greenwood. Um, it's a special first ever Greenwood and Mulliner show. We have a very special guest. It is the PDC darts player, and he's Belton and a Newcastle fan, of course. Uh, Callum Rids. Callum, how are you today? Yeah, I'm fine. Thanks for inviting us onto, onto here. No, it's great to have you on. Great to have you on, Sam. Big welcome to you as well. Um, it's been a busy day, hasn't it? <laughs> like it always is. Certainly has, yeah. Shout out to uh, Lee and Kyle on the, on the channel earlier, going through the, the WTO statement earlier on regarding this takeover, if it's ever going to happen. But yeah, it's, um, it's always a busy day. Yeah, if you haven't watched that video, I thoroughly recommend watching it after you've watched this one, of course. If you want to get any questions into Callan or to myself and Sam, you're more than welcome to. I'll got all the comments through YouTube or however, you want to, however you're watching it a day. Um, if you want to talk about Newcastle, darts, you know, anything, we're, we're pretty easy. It's pretty new as well. So don't be afraid to get involved as well. Um, I think first things first, Callan, um, we'll touch on, the, on, on your career in a little bit. But first things first, how's lockdown been? I've, obviously, we've just talked briefly that you've been resting because you've had, just had an operation. Um, mm -hmm. how, how has it been for the last few months? It's been all right. Like Obviously, the operation's a bit of a killer, but I'm getting there slowly. I'm starting to practice again. and It's it's good to see the dot is going to come back, but um, whether it's rant events or non-rant events, I don't know. Yeah, I think, of course, I think that's the, it's just like any job, isn't it really, Dart? You, you just want to play and you just want to play, obviously, against the best players, which you do, obviously, week in, week out. Um, I think, obviously, we'll touch about the World Championships a little bit later on, obviously, beating the likes of Steve Lennon and giving Danny Nottman a real good go. I think it's definitely something that me and Sam will be discussing. But as a Bedlington lad, why Dart? I think that's got to be the first question. How did you get into it? Well, I've always, like, been into darts like when I was a kid I used to go to my mum used to work in a pub and like start cleaning and that and I would like always just be on the dartboard but before I actually started playing darts I had a sponsorship on the on the bikes like what I had the dump to my foot and um, I used to get in a lot of trouble like when I was a kid so my granddad just came into my bedroom I was only throwing from like three foot and he went, um, do you want to play darts? Like, properly at the local club? I was like, uh, well, yeah. Give it a couple of goes, and I, I enjoyed it. My first ever game was against Ryan Joyce, which was great. <laughs> Did you beat him? And, uh, no. <laughs> but, uh, no, I just enjoyed, I enjoyed playing darts more than I did going on my bites. And then I started taking it a bit serious, started going to competitions. And I was just like, enjoying it, and I was getting progressively better and better. And then I just said to the lad that was on the bikes, like, I went, I, do, I don't want the sponsorship deal anymore. And then, obviously, for seven years since I've took it serious, I think I've done all right. I think you've done very well. Very, very well. I think it's very difficult to get to the best in any field. And so, obviously, the PDC, it is one of the biggest, and darts has become bigger and bigger well, probably since probably the early 2000s, maybe even the late 90s, if you look towards after, uh, after the split. But, Sam, you have to look at, obviously... The fact that it's only really been seven years, as Carl mentioned, since he really, you know, he's he's obviously had a small PDC career. For people that don't really know about the PDC in general, why is it so unbelievably talented people getting so much money? Because it is the creme de la creme, isn't it? It certainly is, and it's only getting harder now. It's If you look at the kind of players that can't even get 
getting the prize money these days these are guys that were playing in world championships not 10 years ago it's it's mad the standards keep rising and Callan's one of these ones in a, a new crop of talent that just hold no fear and um well it looks like he holds no fear when he plays anyway <laughs> um it, it, it's 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 just the game's just getting bigger and bigger and bigger and it's the standards increasing every year. I mean, if you look at um, Q School every year now, the amount of people there, I mean, they've split it into Europe and UK now. It's just so difficult to even get on the tour, let alone earn a living. Yeah, for sure. Callum, you've obviously been on the Challenge Tour and you've obviously tried to get your way through Q School. And you have to, like, even like, I'm just looking 2019 on my notes, like you were so unlucky not to get in by obviously mm -hmm. Q School. I think you just, you just missed out on, has it gone count back as well? So, it, it seems like very, very harsh, but you've had to really work your way to get into, obviously, the PDC uh, main tour, essentially. Yeah, I've been to two school three times. And the first day, I've had, like, the best, my best run, or I've played the best on the first day. And um, every person I've lost to on the first day, they've won the cards. <laughs> like, I've lost the first year was to Lee Bryant, Second year, I lost in the final to Cadby. And then Jimmy Hughes beat us last year. And I think I averaged 102 and he averaged 110 against me. Five, and he, I beat us 5-4. Like, it, it was a good game. And at the end of it, Jamie said, like, the game that made us concentrate the most was against me. So I was the only one that really pushed him. Yeah, for sure. I think like, I was going to say 102 average. You know, it's not good enough nowadays, is it really, Sam? Because when you look at... It darts like I'm obviously I'm just taking the nick there. <laughs> I think anybody would want 102 average in any game, really. But it, it just shows that it, it's so so difficult now to beat even players that are just getting on the tour. Like as we've mentioned, it is so difficult. But like in this in the Q school that I've got here, the 2019 one, you hit 39.180s, Colin and Sam. For someone to hit 39.180s in 105 legs, what else does he have to do at that point? Hit double few more than uh, I've, I've hit. Well, yeah, there is doubles to do, but yeah, it's a few more one eighty than I've hit in local league for the past few years combined. So uh, it's mad, isn't it? Any, anyone can beat anyone. All of a sudden, you can't win a game with one hundred and two average, and yet you see two boards down, someone's won five nil with an eighty five. So it, it's it's just look at the draw, and and as Callan said, hitting them doubles. Yeah, for sure. Um, Callan, you've beaten some top players, like. Obviously, uh, one of your first titles within the development tour, you beat Luke Humphreys, who was the first player to, <laughs> as a challenger or a contender, however, however you want to see it, beat Gary Anderson. Mm. Um, it just shows that on your day, you're capable of beating some very, very serious players. Um, yeah, that, that final, I think the hardest game I played that day was probably, well, it was two. I played Kevin Dutton, a young Dutch lad who's a really, really good player. I beat him 5-4 in the quarters, and I think I was 4-1 up. And then I played uh, Mike Decker, who's on the tour, and he's playing really well. And when I played here, I think that was 5-3, but I never missed a double. And I played, obviously, in the final, I played Luke. And I played Luke twice prior to that. And I beat him, I've beat him, well, that's the third time I've beat him, to be honest. But um, <laughs> in the final, I, I think the first two legs, he went 15 13 or 15 and 16 and like I missed a chance in the two legs and I was like just settle the, settle the nerves down 
And I think the next five legs, I went 15, 13, 15, 13. And Not then a 13, oh, it was, that, I, I think it was two 12s, two 15s and a 13 to win it. And I had a, obviously a 106 average. And Luke, obviously, he's, like, he's one of my good mates. He took the board off the, the stand, he signed it, got with both to sign it, and then he just gives it. That was it's just really nice and I've still got it. Like I'll not get rid of that. Touch of class though, definitely. So, Sam, there was the question by Andrew, wasn't there? Was it about how many um, nine daughters that uh Colin has hit in his career? Is that is that what the question was which I've just seen before? Yeah. Yeah, how many yeah, how many nine daughters have you hit, Colin? One. I, it was I think it was last year. Oh yeah, yeah, it was it was the weekend I won my first development tour. It's it's obviously like you said before with the averages. I played that weekend, I lost with 103. And then the game I hit my nine daughter in, I lost with a 90, and he had a 79. So it just shows he's, he's, he's had four good legs. On, he won the bull. He's had four good legs, and my three legs, he was absolutely rubbish. And <laughs> he got beat the next game with like 62 average. It, it just honestly, darts really does annoy us. How many hours do you put in? Because obviously, some people have their own particular... Obviously, hours of practice that they put in day by day. Sometimes they might not even go on the board for a couple of days and then just, you know, maybe do nine or ten hours and just go, that's that's what I want to do. Do you have a particular way of how you play? Do you play against, obviously, you've mentioned, you mentioned off A, you play with Chris, Chris Doby, who we've got in the chat, we've had on the channel previously. How do you like to do it? Well, obviously, before I'd done my, my foot, I, I'd normally do about an hour and a half a day, but I would... I would do 15 minutes of like different things. I wouldn't sit there for an hour, like an hour and a half standing there by myself. It's, I get bored after five minutes, but if I've got a routine, I just like doing the routine. Yeah, I think I think that's you've just got to, obviously Sam keep it going, haven't you? You've got even if it's just say don't go around the clock by just hitting your doubles, going from one to two to three, whatever, and just practicing. And it, it, it's probably one of the sides of darts, Sam, that you probably don't enjoy as much because you just want to play competitively and try and earn some money, but you have to put the hours in, don't you, to be where at the standard uh, that Carl is and higher, of course. I think it's one of them games where, or one of them sports, that you get out what you put in. And because it's so, I mean, the, sh uh, the schedule of the PDC now is hectic. It is like a full-time job. There's no hiding place. Whenever one tournament finishes, bang, you're straight into the next pro tour or European tour or qualifiers for the Euro tours. It is absolutely cutthroat. So, yeah, you, you've got to, you've just got to be on top of your game, I assume, um, all the time. Otherwise, you get it's so easy to get left behind on that two-year rolling order and merit. Yeah, I think that is... It, how relieved were you, Cam, when you got your tour card? Because... You did so well to obviously get the two to a car by finishing uh, obviously the top of the order merits. Um, is it just a massive relief, and or did you feel that right? I've cracked it. I've got through what is one of the hardest things to do and get onto the main tour. And now is it basically showcasing what you can do? Yeah, obviously when I won the challenge tour, I knew like I was up there, but Q school I would always check the after the first two days or whatever, I would check the order of merit to see where I was, because I knew I was, I would be high. And then when I won the last weekend, obviously there's four challenge tours on the weekend, two each day. And I won the second one. So I thought in my head, I knew I was going to be like high up. But I turned off like all my social media, so I didn't say nothing. And then the next morning, I like got ready, 
and I was just checking my phone. I was just about to ring my granda. And one of my close friends texted us saying, like, good luck today. And as I clicked on his message, he sent us the table. <laughs> and I was like, I didn't really want to say that. And he, he understood why. I explained why I, when I got home. But obviously, I got the semis of the next event. And then that's when I knew like, I was a grand clear of oh, £700 behind second, in front of second, sorry. And then my phone went absolutely mental. I don't ever throw my phone at the venue. Like I just like listening to my music. Yeah. And it was just going nuts. And I had one look and it said um, one of the dots on Twitter, I don't remember who it was. They said that Callum Ridds has secured a tour card with the four players I could catch us were all drawn in the other half of the draw. Yeah. And I was like, oh. Nice. Uh, the relief didn't hit us. And then I had to, obviously I was first. And everyone, like Jesus Nogueira, Cameron Menzies, um, Stephen Burton, they all went out early doors. So I knew the world was like, it was close. And that Boris Kozlov was the only person that, that could catch us. And he, yeah. my friend, one of my good friends from Wolverhampton, Matthew Dennett played him. And he knew, someone told him. And I was obviously watching the game with like nervous and... Um, he missed seven dots to beat Boris. No way. So it, it was one of them when I, when he came off, he said, sorry, I went, there's nothing to be sorry about. And then in my head, I was like, Boris has just now had like, he's kind of scared. So he'll probably up his game. And then Nick Forwell, um, he says, do you need me to beat Boris? I was like, yeah. He says, I'll be back in about 10 minutes. He can get us a drink at the bar. And I was like, <laughs> and he, he beat Boris 5-0. And he came over, he went, I want to double Jack Daniels. I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I was, honestly, I, I was nearly crying in the venue. So I knew at that point I was not just like a tour card holder. I just didn't have to go back to Q school because obviously I've been on count back two years in a row at Q school. I, I want to do Q school one more time just to prove to people I, I, I can do it. Yeah. But I'd rather not go back. Like the horse there, <laughs> I want to just win my card at Q school. But now I've got my card, I don't want to lose it. Yeah, I think like Sam. For people that might not know, if you've got if you've got the tour card, you, you're there for two years, and you've got two years to yeah. basically prove you're the best. And am I right in thinking you've got to be in the top sixty-four by the end of yeah. those two years to keep your card count? Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so Sam, yeah, the thing is as well, the, the challenge tour, the challenge tour is so brutal. So Callum touched on there. It's, it's four events on a, of a weekend, but it's two per day. So you've got to get there at what nine in the morning. On, yeah, on uh, yeah. Sunday, and if you get to the final of say the of the second one of the day, you're there till gone ten o'clock at night. So mm. it is absolutely brutal, a brutal weekend because there's so many people playing in them, and they stick two events on one day. I mean, I would have thought they'd be looking at that because it can't continue like that because it's madness in that little room in uh, Wigan, which, <laughs> which by the way, a double Jack Daniels. For Fullwell, must have cost an arm and a leg at uh, Robin Park, but uh, <laughs> yeah, but it the challenge tour is brutal, but it's such a good bedding ground because you see, like, Rob Cross won challenge tour one year, and look where he is now, you mm. know. So it, it's, it's a horrible, horrible, horrible year because it's so competitive, yeah, just yeah, as competitive yeah. as the main tour once you get to the business end, but. If you can nail it, it really does give you a good foundation to build on. 
for sure. I think when you look at the main two and now, like I've got, like, I've got a, obviously I've, you, you got the quarter final of a, of a players' championship event, Callum, and you've obviously beat the likes of Dovey, which you've mentioned. I'm sure he'll be absolutely buzzing that I've mentioned that. Uh, Steve <laughs> beating Brendan Dolan, and then obviously you, you got the quarters. You lost to Wade, who won it six. I think it was at six three in the end. Mm. But it just shows that. Do you feel comfortable around these top top players now, Callum? Because you must feel that now. Well, I know I don't. I don't, I don't nobody scares me now, surely. No, no, I'm, I'm not like I don't really think about it like that. Like I'm just there, to, like play darts. I'm not there to like play mind games or nothing with anyone. Yeah, like the, that's a good thing about a challenge tour. If you're high up, you get to go to pro tours when like there's players missing. Last last year, I beat the likes of um, Barney. I, I give Peter Wright a good game. Uh, Weirdy, obviously, I give him a good game, but. Yeah, I've I've lost a few games which I probably shouldn't have, but like I think it was just it was a good taste to be back in the Pro Tour. I did get on the Pro Tour. I think it was three years ago for a handful of events, but um, this year hasn't went to plan. I haven't played bad at all. Like I've averaged in the mid eighties. I think four times every yeah. time I've played. I've averaged. I've played Mentor twice, and that was a bit. It it is. He's hard to play against with him being and being mm. fast or he can be slow. Just depends how like if he's in his rhythm, he goes quick. He knows what he's doing as well. He knows yeah. full well. He knows full well what he's doing. He can knock you out <laughs> your rhythm, but it's like like last year I played him in Dublin and I beat I think I beat Matt Top and then I played Mentor on the stream and I missed two darts at double eleven to to knock him out. But my game's there. I am playing well, but as soon as it, it's one of them. It's now like I haven't got the challenge tour to fall back on, so to say. Yeah. So it's yep. all pro tour. Obviously, I can still play the development tour. Obviously, we can't at the minute with lockdown, and I don't think that'll resume this year. But I can still play it next year and the year after. So it's going to be one of them where if I want to try and find some confidence or a little bit of form, I will play the development tours. But. I don't really intend to, if you know what I mean. Yeah, for sure. I think there was another question that just been put up. Did you play any BDO tournaments or did you play for in the BDO? You did. Is it, am I right in saying you did have a brief spell playing for the BDO? When I was a youth, like 15, 16, I won every youth tournament I went to with the BDO, apart from the World Masters. I got beaten in the final. And the World Youth Championship, the first year it was on, I lost to Harry yeah. Ward in the semis. And I missed four dots oh, yeah. to go to the final. Um, but yeah, I played a couple of BDO. I played the British Open once. Was I that the beat. year Harry beat? Who did Harry beat in the final that year? Was it the? He got beat off um, Colin Rulos. That was it. Yeah, yeah. I've I've played in a couple of tournaments that Harry played in around my neck of the woods, and his power scoring is unreal when he gets going. Unreal. Yeah. He's he's a good lad as well, like Harry. I get on with Harry like really well. We'll have a laugh in that, but. It's obviously one of them. The late side one hurt a lot because I think I played so well that day. And like my grand has always said, it's like a dream to see me play at the late side, but I think Ali Pally was a bit better for him. We'll be talking about Ali Pally very, very shortly. And um, just another question Does the crowd impact on your concentration? Now, you talked about the player side of it, Callum, with obviously Mensa Sulevich. For people that don't know Mensa, very slow when he wants to be. Or he can just pace things up a little bit if he's uh, just playing a, bit, a few mind games. But We'll touch about obviously the games at Ali Pali, but in the big, big games that you've played, does the crowd make a difference, or are you so much in a rhythm and you're focused about playing the darts anyway that they don't really come into your into your mind really? 
it's 50-50. Like, like, I've watched it on the TV when they all miss doubles and the crowd's always like, ooh. I never really had that. But I don't know. Like, it's like, it's just a game of darts. Obviously, it's like, it, it's massive, in it, now? So, I never really had the, really, like, the effect with the crowd. But I have seen people get affected by them. Like Jesse Price, obviously he got affected by it, but obviously it is world class. Like, so I don't see why they do it. Obviously, he's got the, the shouting and that, but that's just him. That's the way he gets going in, in his matches, and you can't really fault him for that. Yeah, I, th- I think obviously, I think, I think obviously, talk about Gurren Price there, he was he's had an amazing couple of years. Like, I remember when he played Lewis, and there was a bit of needle between him and Lewis at the match play a few years ago. And as he was saying, oh, I'm not really bothered about this world number 30, 32 in the world. And now you look, you look at Price Simon's. What a player he is! I think he's world number three at the minute. Could have been world yeah. number two if he if he, had beat, if he had beaten Peter Wright, um, or if Peter Wright hadn't won the worlds just previously. So, on his day, he can beat anybody. Oh yeah, he can. Yeah. He's world class. Yeah, he is. He is. But the thing is, as well, he, it takes a few years for the rest of the lads on tour to get used to him, so so he can stop ruffling feathers. It happens throughout time. Once players get used to him, it, there's kind of less drama about a player then. Because obviously, Price has been in so many countless incidents with players. I'm, I'm sure there's been incidents that we don't even know about. But the proof is in the pudding. And, and he's, what, world number, as you say, world number three now. He's he's having an amazing run. Yeah, Carl, is there quite a lot of needle? Or is there a lot of beef on the, on the tour, on the main tour, or even on the development tour? Or is it, is it as professional as what they make out? I think you always want to hear some sort of story, don't you, from um, mm. any of the four events in particular? Ah, uh, no, there's not that much needle. I've, I've seen a couple of incidents. I've, I kind of had one on the development tour. Oh, come on then, tell us. But, oh, this is a DRA fine waiting to happen. <laughs> no, no, no. It, it's not. It's not bad, but I, I was a bit. Obviously, when I get to the tail end of tournaments, it was one of the development tours. I played a. Um, a Dutch a Western Nyman, I think. And I got the 4 4. And don't get me wrong, I was second best player in that game. Wessel absolutely smashed us. And I got out the 4 4, and I thought, well, I've got a chance. And obviously, he's got all of these like, Dutch people. And you're meant to stay quiet. Yeah. And I heard one of them say miss, which annoyed us. Oh, and, no, uh, no, 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 no. That's I've bad sh- order. Bad order. I've shut his hand and I've said, I shut the martyr's hand and I went, you know why I'm annoyed? And he was like, yeah, I understand. So obviously they're all shaking his hand, saying, well done. And one of the Dutch lads just walked up to me. Like I was sat with um, Nathan Rafferty, William Boland and Nathan Gervin. And he just walked up to us and said, you're a prick. So I, <laughs> I, had, a, I had a bit um, a bit shouting <laughs> and that. Did you, did you politely tell him to go away, did you? No, oh, I, well, I, I told him I was going to rack his head off. Like, <laughs> but the thing is, it, it, like, this is what we say, Sam. You know, you, like we were talking about the obviously there was a question before about obviously the crowd participation and booing, but you know, it's especially when it's a final leg, last leg decider. You know, Callum's admitted he, he wasn't probably the best player that day, but there still should be some order, especially in the big, big, big games, especially last legs. It's one of them, isn't it? It's who can hold their nerve, who can hit the double, who can cope with everything. We saw it over in the world with um, 
the lad that lives around the corner from from Callum, Chris Dobie, friend of the channel, against Fallon. My God, I don't think anyone wanted to be him that night until he hit the winning double. It's um, it can be brutal at times, but I just imagine you've just got to hold your nerve and ping that double and get off the stage as peacefully as possible. <laughs> well put, Sam. Well put. Right, we're going to talk about the World Championships just. A couple of months ago, Callum Webb really hit the, hit the headlines with a really big, big win against Steve Lennon, who obviously Steve's a fantastic player. Um, obviously, you can see on your screen, 3-2 win. I'm right in thinking Steve represented Ireland. Did he? I'm sure he was part of the Ireland team that um, only just got beat off Scotland in the final. Was, I'm sure it was him and um, uh, O'Connor, wasn't it? William O'Connor. But, yeah, it was, yeah. Callum, that has, is that the biggest win of your career so far? Oh yeah, without a doubt. Like the first set, I, I walked off and I, I didn't play well the first set, and he absolutely destroyed us. And then, obviously, I said it to me: if you if, if you win a lead, I don't care where you are playing local lead or super lead or wherever. As soon as you win a lead, you settle down a lot more than like because you've hit that double. That one double can make a big difference. And yeah. I won that set 3-0, walked off, and I was like, right, I'm, I'm in the game now. And then I won the next set 3-0, and I thought, oh. But then he won the next set 3-0, like, it was just one of them games. But when I got the 2-2, I just thought in my head, right, hold your throw, and that's it, you've won. And then, um, like, when I went to 2-2 in the legs, at my, I was so nervous, like. <laughs> when I got the two trebles in, I thought, 1-8 at the start will rattle them. And then the one fourteen, I thought, well, he might be rattled. And then all I hear is the one eighty shout, and I was. Oh. <laughs> it, it must be so tough, but like you, you talk about the moments, Callum, really, because you say two sets to nil up. You're thinking, you know, there might be some space on the on the trophy for my name if I play like this for the next couple of weeks. But obviously, Steve is such a good player. Like obviously, he's such a good treble hitter. I think he, mm. he's such an underrated player, but. You talk about that final set. Did you just have to really recompose yourself? Did you just think, right, just take it one leg at a time, one throw at a time, and if I get me chance, just just take it. At least I can't go that we can't go out with any. Basically, I can't blame myself really if he's played better darts, for example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, I won when I won the first leg. It was late, right? I'm one, I'm one up, and then I broke him. I went two nil up, and I thought I won, and I went to have a sip of water. And normally I just like to get on with it. I don't normally like drinking water or anything on stage or yeah. anywhere really. Like I don't like drinking when I'm playing at all. Like even like off the, don't like having water there at all. And then I threw and I, I, my heart was beating so fast. Was, but it's like when I got a two-two, and obviously I missed the bull for the one-six-one for us to win. Like when I threw for the bull, it just like it looked perfect. And then, I can't remember, what, I think he wanted 87. But I know he had two darts of double 18. And when I seen the treble go in, I turned, if you watch the game back, I turned away and I just shook my head. I was like, again, it's going to be another tight affair, which I lose. Yeah, it, 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 the thing is, though, when you, let's talk about that moment when you hit the winning dart, though. That, was it just, was it relief? Was it the fact that, well, I've got past the first round and now I'm in a second round match? Is it maybe even financially? I know people don't really. I know players don't really want to admit that, but it's a little bit more money. It's a little bit more. You know, people get to see you maybe on a on a better time of the day. It's it is 
brilliant this moment just to go, wow, I've just actually proved myself a little bit that I can actually handle it with the big boys a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, when I have the twenty-five, everyone goes like for the nine double eight, but I go seventeen double four. Like, because if you snatch it into the fourteen or you overpitch into the twelve, well, then you've got you've wasted a start of the double, so to say. Whereas the bottom half of the set, like seventeen to seven, if you snatch it into any of them three numbers, you're still on a double, so to say. And when I missed the double four, last I missed it by a, a, a bit. Like the the good old bum was twitching. Yeah, <laughs> but then I just threw so fast at the double two, and when it went in, I think I, I rang, I, I rang someone, and they were like they were screaming down the phone, "Get in, get in!" And I just went, "I'm the best double two hitter in Northumberland." Just, <laughs> just having a, a bit laugh with them, and then I, I think my first Super League game this year, I won every leg on double two, and I just I was just looking at everyone. I told you, I'm the best double two hitter. <laughs> Yeah, it is Sam. That's the one double I can't really hit. It, like I'm, my brother's in the background, and we like we, we're not we're not like my brother's a little bit better than me, but I'm nowhere near saying I'm a good darts player. I'm sure Sam would comfortably beat me. I'm sure Callum would have to play Z game and still would win comfortably. But it, I, for me, if you if you can hit your doubles, it's it's that famous saying, isn't it? Trebles for show, doubles for dough. It's 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 quite right, isn't it? Cliche, but it's it, it's it's Bob on. I mean, twenty. There's only one way to go for twenty five, and that's the David Pallet special three double eleven. Surely. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, no, I, I'm probably not much better than you, Johnny. But uh, double two is one of my least favourite on the board. It's um, it's actually bloody right pig down at the at the bottom corner. But yeah, it is doubles for dough. You can. Uh, ping the treble all you want but if you can't uh, go out you ain't going to win any money yeah Paul's just said there it's a shame about the BDO just for people that aren't too sure basically the BDO were, were basically the slow water darts for many many years um, Oddly Croft who recently passed away um, was basically the man that made the BDO you also had, you had your players you had your Bristows and your John Lowe's and you know Jackie Wilson actually lived in Wall's End before he died which obviously he's not a million miles away from where me and Carl are it's a bit of a bit of a trek for you, mine, Sam. Um, <laughs> all the way in, in Staffordshire, but um, no, it's obviously it is a shame, Carl, isn't it? Because obviously everyone seems to have started at the BDO, but um, can they really recover, or is it, do you think it's maybe just you know just time to say goodbye almost to it? I, I don't know. Like obviously, I've got loads of good friends in like the BDO. I'm good friends with Daryl Fitton and Tony O'Shea. Like, I still keep in contact with them, and uh, Gary Robson, obviously, who lives in. Cramlinton or wherever he's living at the minute. I know he's somewhere up here, but <laughs> I, I do speak to them a lot. And it's it's like they say, it's, it's the players you've got to feel sorry for, especially Wayne Warren. Because like, winning the Worlds, I don't care if it's a PDC or BDO, it's a, it's a lifelong dream for a dark player. And I think in total, like Jim Williams, I know he won 10 grand and got like two grand of it. It's a bit That's of a... It, it is a bit of a... Pete it like but it's like I've seen videos of that Des Jack and he says he doesn't give a crap about player like the players he just cares about like how it runs and I'm not being funny it's not running good at all like you're playing in venues where the boards are wobbling and it's it is minion like obviously I've experienced it but I do feel sorry for all the all the people that's been, especially that they've travelled all over the world to qualify for say the biggest event in BDO and then win two grand for getting to the final. It's, it, it's not good for anyone. 
No, definitely not. Let's just hope that the BDO can recover and hopefully can just maybe get the next best player and maybe can come across to the PDC, which seems to be a case for a lot of players um, in recent times in particular. Um, let's talk about that second round game then. How long will see Danny Noppet against, I would say, a similar sort of level to Steve Lennon. Maybe even Steve Lennon's probably, in my opinion, a slightly better player. But... Oh, Des Jackman, similar to Mike Ashley. We'll talk about Newcastle very, very shortly with <laughs> Colin. We might, we might, we might get that question to him. But um, no, in all, in all seriousness, so obviously Danny Noppert, and again another high quality player. Um, we in the same mindset as the Steve Lennon game, Colin. Do you just think, well, let's just see how we can get on? Can we, like I say, we, we took them all the way. It was yeah. it just one. Was it just maybe his experience on the night, or do you think maybe if you hit, if it hit the odd double here or there, it could have changed things maybe? Yeah, it was. It was one. Of, I think I won the first set pretty comfortable, and then the second set I missed a couple of chances to break. But obviously, I think it was sixteen holes of throw consecutive between me and Danny. Yeah, and uh, well, I, I knew Danny from my video days when I played there as well. But I was, I was struggling a bit more. Like I'm not going to make any excuse at all. But it was more hot the second time I played than it was against Lennon. But. Uh, it was one of them. I started listening to a few things and like people saying, oh, Callan should smash Danny. Danny's not in good form. Where he, I was like, he just made a major final. He made the World Series final, didn't he, in Holland? Yeah. So it was one of them. I wasn't thinking about it too much, but when I won the third set to go 2 1 up, I just thought that's it. Like, if one, one break of throw here, I can probably push and beat him. But at the same time, I did look at the draw and I thought if I played, if I beat Danny, I've got Kim Hybrid. And then if I beat Kim Hybrid, I've got Luke Humphreys. And then if I beat Luke Humphreys, I'm in the quarterfinals late. And I did overthink it a lot. But at the same time, I got quite homesick. I went there the first day it was on the Friday. I played the Monday. Yeah. And obviously, people in my management stable, Yella Classen played on the Friday. Luke Woodhouse played on the Saturday and the Sunday. So I, I was there for like a reason, like... Watch my friends, and then the Monday came, and I was like, "I'm obviously my turn to play." And I would have came home Tuesday, but coming home from London, I would have got home Tuesday, and I would have came back on the Wednesday to play Thursday, and it would have been the same if I had won Thursday. I would have came home Friday and went back down Saturday, so I would have been there for nine days if I if I had beaten uh, Danny. Yeah, do you, do you think maybe like we'll touch a bit of the, a bit more on the game? But do you think the scheduling of the World Championship could be changed slightly? Because like I remember, I think just even this year, I think Michael, like I said, Michael Van Gogh was one of the first games on. I think obviously he beat Yella um, on on the first day. And I think he didn't play another game for like nine or ten days. But like you've mentioned there, if you had won your first round game and then even your second round game, even though Michael obviously played his second round game in the first night, you literally had literally no time really to kind of react to the fact that you've won the game and then go, well, I've got, there's no point me going back home because I'm literally going on two train rides or a flight or whatever, however you get back. Yeah, I could see it changing, but I think they've done it the best this year than they have. In recent years, like, obviously, if you're the top 32 in the world, you should be rewarded like, a little bit more. So it, it's obviously first round games is like a prelim. It's our prelim. And then the first round is technically the second round, if you know where I'm coming from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think they've done it brilliant this year. Because if you are the top 32, you deserve to be rewarded. With, like, obviously, you get the seeds, the seeding of it. 
but you get like a little bit more prize money because you've you're up there with with the elite. Yeah, of course. I think you look at the top thirty-two, Sam, and by God, they're just—it's just. You know, I, I look at someone like Glenn Durant, who he's been on the PDC for a couple of years, and we'll t- I'm going to touch about Northeast Dart in a second as well. But like he, I think he's just out the t- outside the top sixteen, Glenn Durant, and he's literally just come from nowhere. And you could po- possibly argue that he could be a top five, maybe top four player in the world if he keeps on playing the way he is, because he's he's doubles. I think he's one of the best out and out double hitters in the world like, under pressure. Three-time BDO world champion and, you know, Premier League dark. He's in the Premier League now. So, I mean, the thing is with the top 32, it's so hard to get in there once you've qualified. But once you're in there, you've got it made. You've got, you're in every TV tournament that matters and you've sussed it. And as Callan said, you've got an extra bit of prize money for the world, which is your main your main income right at the time of year because it, the prize money is so good. I mean, you compare... What the the lads got from the BDO final this year? I mean, you, you get more for winning your first round game in the PDC, so it's it's chalk and cheese. But yeah, Durant Durant's a quality player. He really is. Um, not much else to say. The Northeast Darts, to be fair, is booming. You've got Durant obviously leading the way, but you'd like to think the likes of Chris and Callan can move ahead of the the Borough fan and. Show moves boss. <laughs> does, it, does, does the football get mentioned a lot on the tour between obviously the uh, obviously you, you, with your with your mates or obviously are you one of the only three Newcastle fans on the tour or is there? Is there a uh, no. There's there's me, Chris, um, Adam Hunt, and Keaton Brown. I believe supports Newcastle, but there's not really that much mentioned. Obviously, if you're playing on the tours and then. Newcastle's playing Liverpool. A couple of the Liverpool player like fans give you a little bit of stick. It's just like you like at I, I home. Like I'm, I'm best friend. No, I'm not best friends, but I'm friends with like a Macram, and I rip him every <laughs> day. I can't like, but <laughs> it's it's one of them. Like there is banter between with like a lot with the football, but it, the best one I've seen was Liverpool against Man United. Like and you see. Oh, the Liverpool players. Some of them were watching it. Like you can't have your watch videos in the in the venue. So when you go outside yeah. for like a small, the game was on, and when the goal was scored, you knew about it because the Man U fans or Liverpool fans would directly take the mitty out of vice versa. And it's always good to have banter. Like it's it yeah. it is great to see on the on the tour. Yeah, I think that's I think that's part and parcel, isn't it? You just got to take take whatever you get and then just give it back even more. But um. Obviously, we'll, we'll, last question on the darts, and then we'll talk football a bit more. Um, what is the ultimate aim for you now, Callum? Because obviously, from that uh, defeat to Danny, you know you got great exposure for obviously being on Sky and around the world to showcase your talents. Is there the ultimate? Is it to get to the Premier League? Is it to get to the top sixteen? Is it to win a big major TV tournament? Is it? Have you got little goals to get to the ultimate goal for you? Yeah, obviously, I want to get the top sixty-four. I haven't won like. A- Pro tour match yet, but I haven't played bad, and I I share rooms with um, Luke Woodhouse, just wearing like the same management stable, and obviously he was the same his first year. He barely won a game, but even with Chris, I think Chris only made about seven grand his first year. Not at him now, like he's he's a bit of like an inspira- inspiration, and he thinks he's the best player in the street. He's not, <laughs> but nah. 
I, I will I will get there eventually. I, I think I'll get there. I'm I'm a very heavy scorer. Most of them know I'm a heavy scorer. Just my doubles. If if they're going, I'm I'm a trouble for everyone. Like, but they're not letting us down at the minute. And it's easy to say, oh, well, we're at home, practice our doubles. But it's not the same. Like, you can't practice bottling it when you're at home. Like, you can go one, two, three, all the way around the board, like, without missing. But when it's game on and there's a bit pressure there, 5-5, five, five, it's, it's a lot different. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Right, let's talk football. Obviously, you're a big Newcastle fan, Cal Mike. Obviously, me, Sam, and the rest of the gang at Newcastle Fans TV. Give us a like on this video if you're watching, and also give us a uh, if you want to subscribe. You're more than welcome to. We've also got a confirmed guest for the second Greenwood and Mullen show as well, which I'm not going to spoil because it's a big it's a Ooh. big guest, just as just just as big as Callum, of course. Um, Callum, obviously from Bedlington, Newcastle's got to be your team, hasn't it? Really, you're just you kind of just told right wear this black and white shirt, but. Who was your hero growing up? Oh, it was definitely Shearer. Like, there's, there's no other person to say. But it, it, it's unreal. Like, I, I watch Newcastle now, when it's like obviously with the, with the takeover. I was like saying before with Jermont, I don't think it's going to happen. I think it would have happened by now. And like, Why do you not think that? I think it would have happened by now. Like, obviously, they've had the old clear to go, and he said he's going to sell it. But now with football coming back, he might try and whittle his way into a, a little bit more of a deal. And, it, yeah, like I thought it's gone, it's gone very quiet, but I think it's more bad than good because obviously the last few years it's been, we could be taken over. Everyone gets excited and might actually doesn't tell the club. like So that's why my hopes have just completely gone. Yeah. Sam, obviously with the news, that's what, what, is, what can is Callum drinking on takeover now? I see as well. Actually, yeah, Callum, what are you drinking at the minute? I've got an energy drink. Oh, I thought it was a proper can. I thought it was like a... No, I, I, <laughs> I can't drink. Obviously, I'm on the, the tablets for this. Oh, of course but I. In two weeks, I'm going to be off the tablets and I will be getting radosed. <laughs> well, if you want, yeah. well, if you want to get some beers uh, as well, Callum, we've got Beer 52 as one of our main sponsors, which uh, Sam has been drinking throughout the show as well. Obviously, a big shout out to them, Amazon and Free Retro as well. But um, no, I think, again, obviously with the take, we've talked about how it's, it is very much 50-50 at the minute. But um, if, if the takeover was to go through, Callum, do you think that Newcastle could be, I don't know, a top six team or, you know, or a bit higher? Or do you think that we should take baby steps? It's one of them. Like, obviously, it's all right saying we're going to be the richest club in the world. Wouldn't sign him back there, Neymar, Messi, whatever, whoever. But it's one of them. It's it. Yes, you can get a load of good players in, and all this that and the other. But can the work? Do they like like England a few years ago when they when we probably had arguably one of the best teams in in the world, and Scrolls, Gerard Lampard, they couldn't work together. Like, could they? So. It's it's yeah. one of them. I I would love to see the takeover happen and like, top six, yeah, just just a push for Europe European football, like. Yeah, I think that would be class because obviously if you say say you've got the pro tour in some or you've got a kind of competition or a tournament in a different country, say Newcastle playing on the uh, the Thursday night, it's a good little uh, excuse to go a day early, isn't it? Really. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, of course, but. <laughs> like Europeans, like tours, you normally fly out on the Thursday. Some people go Wednesday, like, but yeah, it's one of them. If Newcastle were playing in Germany somewhere I'd, and I was near, I would, I would go 100%. Yeah, 
what's the best game you've ever been to? Best Newcastle game? It can be at St. James's or it can be an away game you've been to. Which one stands out? Probably when we beat Man United. When Matt, uh, was it Sean Longstaff that scored on his debut? Or was it Matty? Matty, Matty. Matty, yeah. When he scored his debut, that was unreal. Like, it was unreal. Yeah, I mean... It's it's it's. I think it's always good beating Man United, Sam. Like obviously you're a bit older than me and Callum, so you'll have a couple more memories of uh, beating Manchester United. Um, is, is that one four of your years top... younger than me? You make it sound like <laughs> your fucking dad. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that Man United. Obviously, I can remember the the five nil the five nil game like it was yesterday. I was well, I was only six or seven at the time, but it was absolutely amazing. And every win over them, we've had a few now over the years. And the one this season with Matty Longstaff was just as special, especially with the um, the interview with uh, that he did with uh, Sean on Sky after the game as well. It was just brilliant. We've just got to get him on. His contract is up in two weeks. So he needs, something needs to be done. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, again, Callum, it would be great to see the likes of Matty and Sean stay at the football club. Do you want Matty to stay? Do you think? Do you think he will stay? I'd love him to stay. Like, obviously, he's born and bred Newcastle, isn't he? but it's one of them as well. Whereas, with a, with a loan deal, him going somewhere else to get first team football all the time, I don't think it would be a bad for obviously Newcastle, like losing a really good player, but then he can get to play 90 minutes nearly each week. So he's getting more experience. And in the long run, it might not be too bad. Yeah, for sure. Hopefully, we'll see him. Matty uh, continues to uh, stay at Newcastle for the long term. Um, what have you thought to be on Steve Bruce, Callum? Because he divided opinion when he came in and took over Raphael as he didn't sign a new contract at the end of last summer. Um, do you, has he surprised you with the fact that, that he's pretty much kept us up quite comfortably in the end and we're still in the FL? Yeah, um, I was a bit... When it first happened out, when he... I can't remember who he was at beforehand, but when I heard he didn't sign a new deal, it was kind of obvious where he was going to. And I was 50-50 with it, but at the start of the season, when he's playing five at the back and all he's trying to do is get the, the odd counter-attack, I was, it's not going to work, it's not going to work. But then we started nicking wins, and then obviously the FA Cup, well, it's it's just unbelievable. Like, and... Obviously, everyone's saying if the takeover happens, Pochettino, I think, is the favourite to come back. But I would stick with Bruce. He's kept, it's like you said, yeah, he's kept well quite comfortably. Like, give him a season where there's a bit of money there and he can spend money, see what he does. Yeah. <laughs> Just one of the other members of Newcastle fans TV saying I'm a, I'm a, uh, a big Steve Bruce fan. He's done a good job. He's done a good job. And there was another question, actually, yeah. from John. That uh, that said, um, if there's any player from the Premier League currently, who would you like to see in the Newcastle eleven? So you can pick any player from your Man Cities, your Liverpools, you know Chelsea's, etc. If there's any player in the Premier League that Newcastle could ideally get, or say there was an unlimited funding and they can get a player, who who would you like to see in Newcastle shit? Probably De Bruyne, because he's he is. he's got obviously everything. His passing's unbelievable. Or even, or even David Silva, he's the same, I think, but he's getting a bit older now. Like, But De Bruyne, just, he's got a good shot. His passing's unbelievable. His free kicks are unbelievable. He's, he's all around one of the best, if not the best, attacking midfielder in the world. 
Do you agree, Sam? Because I, I, I look at that goal at St. James's where De Bruyne had a finger, but it didn't even look like he had a finger. So it just went straight and off the crossbar and in the net it went. But it, it, do you agree? Do you think De Bruyne is the best player, the best attacking midfielder in the Premier League? Yeah. Or in the world even? He, he is. Yeah, he's, he's just a complete midfielder, isn't he? He's He can do it all. He's I mean, that, that goal he scored at St. James's earlier this season was um, a goal worthy of winning any game. Unfortunately, John... For him, John Joe had other ideas, but um, he, he's, he's quality. I, I agree as well. I, I'd have De Bruyne is just a complete box-to-box midfielder, energy, quality. He has got it all. Who has been your player of the season, Colin? Because you can look at the likes of De Brafka, who's had an excellent season. The majority of the central defenders have done really well this season. Um, who stands out for you? Definitely, definitely De Brafka. Like we could have lost pretty much if not every game we've won. Like the saves, he's the top save yeah. in the Premier League, but that just shows our defence is a little bit weak. But growing up front, they're unbelievable. Like the first, I think they had the most goals between them and in, in Newcastle. And it was like, why don't you just buy new defenders and stick them up front? Like, <laughs> But now nah, the bracket has been unbelievable. He has, hasn't he? I, I, I went to Crystal Palace a few weeks ago, uh, well, it seems like a few weeks ago, but a few months ago now. And he made save after save, like world world class saves. Like Cahill had header after header, and he was mm. just plucking them out of thin air. And he, he has been brilliant this season. But no, you, you have to look at this season. Um, Thirty five points now, Callum. Nine games to go. We've got Sheffield United on the weekend. Are you looking forward to football being back in Premier League football? hundred percent. Like I've been watching um, the Bundesliga on on the TV. Yeah. And I think it's good what they've done, like I put the sounds in, like there's fans there. It sounds quite good when you're listening, obviously, through headphones. But it's like you can hear every other word being said. Obviously, I don't really understand Germany that much, but <laughs> I'll not I'll not swear a word in the English man I want to come to it. I'm sure you will, I <laughs> <laughs> no. Sam, have you been a fan of the Bundesliga or not? No, I, I, I tried. I've tried to get into it. I've tried. I mean, it's, what you said there. We've got Sheffield United at home this week. How weird does it feel saying that after all this time? It's mad. We've got football again. Freaking mental. Yeah, yeah. I can't wait. I cannot wait for this. I know. I know it's tomorrow now that um, obviously we get back underway. But I'm just so relieved the Premier League's back because. I, I, it just doesn't do much for me the Bundesliga. I've got to be honest. There's a few good games in there I've seen, but I can't, it doesn't it doesn't grab me. No, I, I think it's 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 not the Premier League, but it, it'll do for the time being. Have to has to be said. A couple of quick fire questions for you, Colin. Mm. Uh, prediction for the game against Sheffield United on Sunday. One nil. Saint Maximin scores. How good is Saint Maximin? Nice. I I think he's unbelievable. He's he's obviously I think. Sometimes he's, he can be a bit greedy, but the way he just dribbles past everyone, he's, he's quick, he's, his dribbling's unreal. But I, it, it is one of them. I, I do think if he wasn't as greedy, he would score a little bit more and Joe Linton might not miss a sitter. But it's one of them, isn't it? Yeah, I've just got another comment saying, loving the pre and post-match videos that we do and they'll be back on Sunday. Of course, we've got a lot to get through on there. Sunday we'll have a, a live reaction pretty much 10 minutes. Oh, after, another after comment. 
I didn't so realise my mother had access. <laughs> I didn't realise my mother had access to the Newcastle Fans TV uh, YouTube account. That's a, uh, that's a strange one. But there we, there we go. I can imagine. No, ten minutes from the full time whistle, we'll be live. Um, we'll have a literally we'll be live for about an hour after the game, and then we'll have like about a 15, 20 minute break, and then we'll have a live player uh, score in the players section as well. So it's fantastic if you want all the best Newcastle. Uh, content company Castle Fans TV as well. Got some fantastic membership programs as well. Facebook, if you want to become in the private group, uh, come come in the private group. It's just a small favor, about three pound forty nine, and you get additional content from all the gang, and the same with YouTube as well. You get all the uh, the videos out a little bit earlier before the rest of the public get to see them as well. Um, and it's just it's a, basically a big thank you to uh, to all our subscribers and people that want to help. Uh, I'll help be the channel amazing. basically because that's what I'm doing. The next guest for our next show, Johnny, I'll be announcing that tomorrow morning on the Facebook private group too. So if you want to know who that is, if you really can't wait, then uh, get on the private group and uh, subscribe to that and you'll find out tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, last couple of questions, Colin, before we let you go. Uh, the FA Cup game against Man City. Nervous or do you think Newcastle can get over the line even without a crowd? Well, it's, it's one of them, isn't it? Like, when we played City... Um, and we drew at home. Man City were the better team throughout our game. It's like the Bravka kept winning, and then obviously Shelby decides to be De Bruyne for about ten seconds and scores a three man self like. But it, it, without fans, I, I don't know. It just depends. Like City, obviously, they haven't got Champions League at the minute. They focus on have the. So it's one of them where they might just come out and absolutely try and ruin. But at the same time. Newcastle's Newcastle, like this. It doesn't matter if there's fans there or not. St James's is just a special place. Um, I think if they're going to win, it'll be by one goal. It'll be one nil or two one or whatever. Or Man City will absolutely destroy you. That's the way I see it. Oh, well, I, I hope for all our sake that Newcastle can. Just about get over the line, but um, it's just gonna, oh, it's, course, it's just yeah. going to be a nervous game. Even going to be watching it on the telly, but but um, I think if, it can't. It would be typical Newcastle if we the FA Cup without a lockdown or without any funds when we've been dying for a bit of silverware in the last you know forty fifty years. It seems. Oh yeah, but I don't think that will stop people in Newcastle going out and celebrating. No, um, <laughs> no, it would be good. Like obviously, some of my mates. Well, all big Newcastle fans, apart from that, Macram, and he'll he'll not speak to us <laughs> for God knows how long if we won the FA Cup. Yeah, well, league, league one's a difficult league, isn't it? Nah, stay it's there tricky. as well. Nah, I, I say it all the time. <laughs> like, obviously, everyone takes the limit a bit more than I do. I'd rather suddenly be back up. I, I miss Derby yeah. days. Like, I think it's one of the best days in the Premier League when it's Derby day. Like, you've got the two Manchester's. I don't think that's really that that intense but when you've got no. the two up north playing it's unbelievable like the atmosphere in the stadium is just it's just nuts like yeah I think when you look at like say something like Celtic Rangers if that's like the top the top derby in the world or something Newcastle Sun I think it's like a 7 out of 10 or maybe an even 8 because it is that intense and Sam I, I imagine you've been to a few derby games over the years it, it, it's just it's an insane rivalry isn't it yeah, I was there for the 5-1. Uh, I was in the Gallagher end that day and it was, never mind 7 out of 10, it was 
freaking million out of ten that day. My word, I was there yeah. with my then girlfriend, who is now Mrs. Mulliner. And after the third goal went in, she turned round to like cheer and hug and celebrate and whatnot. I was down the end of the row in like a pile on of about twenty other <laughs> blokes. It was mint. Well, uh, it was. It's just. It was one of the best days of my life. That five-one in the Gallagate. Um, it'll, it'll, it'll stay with me forever. And it would be nice to have them back to have the derby, um, as you say. But it, it is quite funny them being down there, isn't it? Let's not get away with it. I mean, Sunderland crew next season come on the railway. <laughs> <then>. <laughs> it is, it is, it's, it's, I think it's a good way to end, end this. Uh... And the stream as well. I think it's been absolutely brilliant, and um, the fact that we're talking about obviously Sunderland being in the one, I think that's probably the best bit, the best bit of the show. But it's a big thanks to Callan. Callan, thank you very much for being on the show tonight. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. No worries. Thank you, and keep up the good work, lads. Thank you very much, Callan. Sam, not okay. a bad first show. Not not a bad first show, but um, obviously got more and more to come over the next few weeks, of course. Absolute man. I mean, we'll both be back at work and off furlough in a few weeks. So, yeah, it's going to be uh, interesting. But yeah, we've got a good uh, a good uh, second show lined up as well. Well, if you, basically, if you want to, you want if you want a bet from William Hill, or you want some chicken from a well known cheeky chicken place, William Hill. Oh no, it's Labrooks. It's me brother that works for William Hill. <laughs> I nearly got it right. <laughs> Uh, as Johnny met the other Johnny Greenwood no I, I thought it was only one of me uh, and what was the other comment before we go guys was it the was it, uh, all the best to Carl wasn't it from Jonathan Young I think it was thanks mate. yeah all oh, the best yeah. 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 yeah all the best Carl for the future from uh, Jonathan Young as well so yeah this is the end of the show guys thank you very much for getting involved make sure you give it a like and subscribe to NFT TV Extra and also make sure you give Newcastle fans TV a big like and subscribe on their video tonight about the takeover. So if you want additional Newcastle fans TV uh, content, we're the main two channels for it. So for myself, Callan and Sam, thanks very much and we'll see you all again very soon.